This is Junkyard Divas with your hosts, Elizabeth Eppersall and Trevor George. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Junkyard Divas. And with me, I have my co-host, Trevor George. Oh, hello. How's it going? Girl, I'm struggling. My sleep's all over the place. I'm a mess. I don't know where I am, who I am, what I am. I am not living a dream. That's all I got to (laughs) say. But let's just jump right into more Disney, because maybe that'll, you know, get us back on the right mindset. I want to talk a little bit about Walt Disney's family. In 1925, Disney hired an ink and paint artist named Lillian Bounds. Disney and Lillian Bounds ended up getting married and had two children, Diane Disney Miller, born in 1933, and they adopted a daughter named Sharon shortly after her birth in 1936. Diane, his oldest daughter, and her husband have seven children, and Sharon and her first husband adopted a daughter named Victoria. Uh, Sharon's second husband, Bill, was a real estate developer who scouted the 27,000 acres in Orlando that became Disney World. Hmm. Their twins, Brad and Michelle, were born in 1970. I don't know why you need to know that. There's a little controversy, though, with his family. Sharon, his youngest daughter, her side of the family became embroiled in a controversy after, <gasps> after her death in 1993, the year we were born. Oh, my God. Crazy. When her trust became available to her three children, the trust included a caveat that allowed her ex-husband Bill and his sister Diane to withhold funds if they could show that Sharon's children couldn't properly manage the money. This led to accusations of conspiracy and mental incompetence, insinuations of incest, and an ugly two-week-long battle of a trial in December of 2013. This went on for 10 years? 20 years? Uh, I was going to say, we were not 10 years old in 2013. I I had to think of math. We were 20 years old. Where have you been? That's crazy. So back to Walt Disney. He produced a lot of major films throughout his career, such as Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, Bambi, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, and 101 Dalmatians, just to name a few. Um, One of his biggest achievements was in the 60s, the 1964 film Mary Poppins. And Liz and I are huge fans of Mary Poppins. Yeah, we just had tea with Julie Andrews not too long ago. Yeah, she blew past my house again. I I don't think she figured out where I am exactly. Yikes. Yeah, she's a little lost. But anyway. I mean, it is really hard to direct the, to drive a umbrella. So understandable. Yeah. So Mary Poppins' mixture of live action and animation was a throwback to his original uh, shorts of Alice and Cartoonland. So Mary Poppins was a huge smash. It was nominated for several Academy Awards, and Julie Andrews won Best Actress at the Academy Awards for her role as Mary Poppins. That was a big accomplishment for Walt Disney. Last animated film he had creative control over was The Jungle Book. That was his final film in the 60s, late 60s. So 
Before we jump into Disneyland and the origins of that, uh, what do you think of Walt Disney's career? I love all of it. <laughs> like, I don't even think he realized how big this was going to be when he was doing it. And just like, if he could see it now, like, it'd be crazy just to see his reaction to like what all has been made because of him deciding to make Snow White. Yeah. And he also dabbled into TV too, because um, Disney was also among the first people to use television as an entertainment medium because he had the shows Zorro and Davy Crockett. And then he also did the Mickey Mouse Club. Yes. Which was a variety show featuring a cast of teenagers known as the Musketeers. And then also on Sunday nights, Walt Disney had a show called The Wonderful World of Color, even though it was in black and white, um, <laughs> which was every Sunday night. And Disney used to begin. That's how Disney would start promoting his new theme park. I wonder what his theme park was. <gasps> no idea. Disneyland. So Never Disneyland. Shut up. Yeah. You, oh, wow. <laughs> So Disneyland. So Disney's $17 million Disneyland became a park on July 17th, 1955 in Anaheim, California. After a tumultuous opening day involving several mishaps, including the distribution of thousands of counterfeit invitations, the site became known as a place where children and families could explore, enjoy rides, and meet the Disney characters. So within a few years of Disneyland's opening in 1955, Disney began plans for a new theme park and to develop experimental prototype communities of tomorrow, a.k.a. Epcot, in Florida. It was still under construction when Disney died in 1966, but after Disney's death, his brother Roy carried on the plans to finish the theme park in Florida, which opened in 1971 under the name Walt Disney World. So yeah, and then I've also heard stories of Walt Disney like on opening day where there's a whole bunch of kids at the gate that were poor um, who couldn't get into the park. He opened the gates and just let them all come in for free. I've heard that too, which yeah. if that was the case, I know there's a lot of negative things that have been said about him, but I think ultimately he had a good heart. Well, I'm glad you brought up things that negative things that were brought up about him because I want to talk about the anti-Semite remarks that have been made against him because I found some information on it. Yes, please. Walt Disney was rumored to have been an anti-Semite. So this has been proven a myth because I'm going to read this little article. So the belief that Disney was an anti-Semitic is so widespread that it's been addressed in pop culture, including being spoofed in Family Guy and in comments made by Meryl Streep in 2014. I didn't know that. However, this has not been proven. In Walt Disney, The Triumph of an American Imagination, a biography written about Walt Disney, the author, Neil Galber, states that of the Jews who worked at Disney, it was hard to find any who thought Walt was an anti-Semite. That said, the organization he was a founding member of, the Motion Picture Alliance, allegedly had many privately anti-Semitic members. So while there's no proof that Disney himself was an anti-Semite, some argue that he was complicit based on the company he kept. So there was no proof of him actually being anti-Semitic. I'm kind of curious what you think on that. Do you think he was or because I think like that's kind of come into the foreplay later on in like more recent years that's been brought Mm -hmm. up that he was an anti-Semite. And I think my problem with that is for one, he's gone, like he can't defend himself, but also I think that's some ballsy, that's a ballsy accusation to say without having much proof behind it. 
Yeah, I almost wonder if it's because of the fact that he was part of the, you said it was the film alliance that he was in. The motion that, alliance, but who wasn't a part of it at that time? He was a founding member, founding member of it. Mm-hmm. But he can't. I don't know. I just, I personally don't think he was. But yeah, because it seems like the people that he worked with genuinely like loved him, and like he hired like women. So mm-hmm. it kind of seemed like he was a little bit more before his time. Obviously, like if there are people that had that experience, like I feel for them but most of those people are no longer here that have worked with him yeah to like defend his actions or to go against his actions it just seems like this is rumor based off of like speculation and for me i don't i don't see it i don't get that feeling from him because it seemed like he was somebody who loved everybody because like if you look at his works and everything and the people who worked on his works he tried to be inclusive from what it sounds like and so I don't fully see that myself I don't know if I believe it yeah would I be shocked because of the time that he lived in right no but I just don't see it because, you know, there are people that didn't believe it even back then, Mm -hmm. um, even though they were surrounded by people who spat hate like crazy. There were some people who went against it and who spoke out against it or just he might have been compliant, which is almost as bad. But, you know, without being there, it's hard to know. Well, I found the little article on which Meryl Streep had accused him of being an anti-Semite. So I can read that speech really quick. It's really short. Mm -hmm. You really need to be as honest as possible about those feelings or else you are going to lead yourself into many a blind alley in life, she posted. She went on to say, anti-Semite? Check. Misogynist? Of course. Racist? Come on. He made a film, Jungle Book, about how you should stay with your own kind at the height of the fight over segregation. As if the king of the jungle number wasn't proof enough, how much more information do you need? So my problem with the Meryl Streep quote that she said is, yes, he probably was misogynistic. He probably was racist. Of course he was. He was a white guy in the 50s. And from like, he was born in 1901. So there's, of course, there was so much racism back then uh, and still today. But um, I think my problem with Meryl Streep is that article where she said that was early 2014. And then she was in the Disney film Into the Woods that December. So if she really had a problem with Disney, why would she be in a Disney film, if that makes sense? And it's like, for me, it's like, I'm not defending Walt Disney because I'm a Disney fan. And I I hate anti-Semitic rhetorics. I hate anti-Semites. I hate Mm -hmm. racism. I hate misogyny. I hate homophobia, transphobia, all that stuff. I personally, though, don't like accusing somebody of something, though, if it's not true. And if there's not enough fact behind it. Yeah. And also, if they're not there to defend themselves as well. And if somebody came out to be like, hey, here's the facts. Like, here's proof that Walt Disney was anti-Semite. I would believe them. I'd be like, okay, you got the facts. Like, you got the information we needed. I just don't like blindly accusing people of stuff. Because I think people do that too often. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the cancel culture of today. Things were not right back then. Things are still not right today. Yeah, I mean, shoot, when he was born, women didn't even have the right to vote. No. 
And I don't want anybody to think that we support him if he was. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't support that. We just, Disney is just something that is so relevant in so many people's lives. Just like people with Harry Potter, you can still love the content without loving the creator. And I think that's different. And my, for me, it's different because like, there's so much proof that J.K. Rowling is transphobic. And yeah. From, and for me, what I know about her is worse because she's in modern times. She's still alive. Yes. Exactly. She refuses to get the education she needs to understand the trans community and she's relentless. So that yeah. for me is terrible. Different. Like, yeah. 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 But I'm just trying to equate it to. Oh, I know. I know. In today's times. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like with J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter, honestly, like it's hard for me to separate the art from the artist right now. Yeah. Um, well, it's going to take time because it's one still kind of a fresh wound, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And also Disney's in new hands. Like Disney is really progress is becoming more and more progressive. Yes. And I think I honestly think that Disney would be OK with how it's going now because. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, he hired a woman, like, back when... Several women. Women yeah. couldn't get jobs mm-hmm. doing anything. And so I think he was, in his own way, trying to be progressive without stepping on too many toes. Yeah. Because he, back then, he was still starting out. So that was, that could have been the downfall of Disney as we knew it. Yeah, and we talk about it next week, about the women of Disney. We do, so. we do. Um, but yeah, I, I want to move past the topic, but all I want to say is like, if he was an anti-Semite, like screw him, like fuck him. Like that's terrible for me though. I just, I don't see enough proof behind it at the end of the day. Yeah. That's pretty much all I have on Walt Disney. I mean, there's so much more, but I mean, we only have a limited amount of time to discuss it, but what is like, I guess I kind of want to ask like, what's Disney's impact on you? I know we talk about it, but like. I just, I try to imagine, like, what our lives would have been like if Disney never existed. Honestly, I feel like half our friendship would have just never existed. Because <laughs> that's, like, half like half of the things that we discuss is Disney-related things. Yeah, we dress up um, as Disney princesses and strut down the street. Yeah, I'm trying to think if, like, our parents had just never showed us what Disney was. Crazy to think what it would have been like. Some of the representation from when we were growing up wouldn't have been great without disney because i feel like because like i literally watched i watched disney and disney channel Mm -hmm. like so i'm like what did i watch on cartoon network and what did i watch on like nickelodeon back then oh god i would have had to watch so much spongebob (laughs) and i know but at the same time it's like would spongebob exist without disney because disney pioneered animation so i think that would affect all animation that's very true that is a good question yeah I think if Disney never existed, I wonder if my appreciation of like music and art would have been what it is. Not, I'm not a musician, but I love music. So it's like yeah. a lot of the origins of my love of music came from Disney. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I just, I don't, I feel like our lives would have been so much less meaningful. Like if that makes yeah. sense, because like. Less fabulous. We learn to appreciate like the things around us because of disney movies liz can communicate with woodland creatures because of disney movies don't yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's crazy she can have them attack people too do your woodland creature call (laughs) no 
I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's too many geese nearby for me to do that right now. I should do it louder so they come attack you. <laughs> They're coming for you, bitch. They're going to take your money and your man. They were so close. Aaron's going to leave you for them. Okay, so that was our week of Walt Disney. So let us know what you think. Like we said, like when we talked about the anti-Semitic stuff, we shame, shame on Disney if he was, but we just need a little bit more proof. Next week, we are back with Lizzie Powers, who is like our unofficial third co-host most of the time. And we're going to talk about the women of Disney, both behind the camera and also on screen. Kate. So check us out on Instagram, Liz's OMG, it's Lizzie101. I'm Trev George, and Junkyard Divas is just Junkyard Divas. We hope you all have a good weekend, and wear a mask, watch out for Miss Rona, and we'll talk next week. Yeah. And hopefully Liz doesn't get attacked by geese. Hopefully that. Bye.